Welcome to the broadcast of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. We're located at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're glad you've tuned in. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. If you desire prayer, our ministers are available to pray with you. Give us a call at 803-776-1238 or call us toll-free at 1-888-776-1238. Today, Pastor Daryl Jackson shares a message entitled, He Has Defeated Your Enemies For You. This morning, there's a word from the Lord this morning. At the beginning of this year, we established... Uh, supernatural victories as our theme. In fact, it is the year of supernatural victories in our New Year's Eve service. We said to you that throughout this year of 2024, we will look at this subject of supernatural victories from two different uh, viewpoints. One, on the battlefield. Supernatural victories, somebody say on the battlefield. And then in life. First Sunday of this month, first Sunday of this year, uh, we, we went over, we reviewed, we gave a summary of what God was going to say to us to this year. Last week, we shared our first message in the category of supernatural victories in life. We simply said to you, you have already won. You ought to remind somebody you are still a winner. Amen. Your winning hand doesn't run out at the end of the week. Amen. Amen. You are still a winner. You have already won. This is the first message of supernatural victories on the battlefield, literally on the battlefield. We're looking into the Holy Scriptures and we are identifying battles that have been fought and how God intervened on behalf of those who trust him. And this is the first of those messages of supernatural victories on the battlefield. We invite you to join us on Tuesday night virtually as we even go in greater detail. Now, we said to the 8 o'clock congregation, during this part of the series, we will teach a little more. We will take our time to share the context. But here's what God says. It is important for you to help the congregation to understand what I did and how I did it. And we encourage you to go back and read. Just don't read the scripture. Read the entire Bible. And to those of you uh, that, that, that don't like physical reading, now you've got technology that'll read to you. And I confess, I'm one of those lazy ones. I've got one of those smartphones and iPads that I just hit click and it reads the Bible to me. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, and, uh, and, and it is a wonderful thing to have. So there is no excuse Look at somebody say, no excuse. If you can stroll up and down Facebook and Instagram, and if you can look at the food that other people eat. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If you can look at the trips that other people take, you ought to be able to read the Bible at least once a day. Amen, somebody. Listen to the word that God has given us. The text for this first message of supernatural victories on the battlefield is found in the book of Genesis chapter 14 verses 17 through verse 20 the New Living Translation listen to what God says in this 
very significant and incredible reference of Holy Scripture. The Bible says in verse 17 that after Abram returned from his victory, somebody say victory, victory over Cato-Lamir and all of his allies, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shavar, that is the king's valley. Verse 18, and Melchizedek, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God most high brought Abram some bread and wine. Sounds like communion to me, okay? i get into that Tuesday night. And Melchizedek blessed Abram's with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high. I, creator of heaven and earth. And verse 20 is where the subject is found throughout this series. Our subjects will be lifted directly from the text when we can. Listen to this, verse 20. And blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Good God Almighty. If I don't read anything else, y'all ought to be happy just to hear that. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth or a tithe of all the goods he had recovered. And the church that loves God's word said, Amen. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject lifted directly from verse 20. And the subject is this. He has defeated your enemies for you. Wave at somebody around you and say, God has defeated your enemies for you. Clap those hands as you take your seat. <laughs> He has defeated your enemies for you. Listen, throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, particularly in the Old Testament, there are a number of recorded instances of God's supernatural power literally on the battlefield. He does this on behalf of those who are, who were at that time obedient and faithful to his will. May I say that again? To those who are obedient and faithful to his will, God will show up on the battlefield. <laughs> In fact, as we said to you on New Year's Eve, we have identified 24 battles or conflicts in which God intervened in a supernatural way, ensuring a victory. 
In other words, it would not have happened if it had not been for God. The psalmist puts it this way, if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side, when men rose up against us. Listen, we, we, we have identified these 24 victories. There are at least 39 instances in the Bible in which God intervened, but we in this year of 24 have chosen 24 of those 39 to share with you. Something else God pointed to me uh, that I thought was noteworthy. We have also identified 19 battles in the Bible in which the people of God were defeated. <laughs> Pastor Mac, on the battlefield, people of God lost their battle on the battlefield because of their arrogance or disobedience to God's will. Arrogant people still lose. There's some people who are all jacked up on themselves, all hyped up on themselves. God sits back and says, if you're that bad, you don't need me. Because of arrogance and disobedience, 19 battles. I was trying to figure out, Elder Sarah, how can I get this in, Lord? Lord, how, I just, uh, there aren't enough weeks in the year because somehow I just want to deal a little bit maybe with the 19. And God said, Man, maybe during the summer you can do a, a, a special Tuesday night Bible study just looking at how people of God lost their battles. Why is that important? Because we need to learn from their mistakes. We should all take note that our attitude and our obedience to God's will will determine whether or not we experience supernatural victories in our lives. Don't sit back and wonder why has nothing happened in my life. Then maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it is your disobedience to God's will. When God says step out, you step out. When God says stand still, you stand still. When God says it's not your fight, you allow the Lord to fight for you. And don't you take credit for battles God has won. And God said because of our arrogance and our disobedience and our attitude, many 19 times, 19 times in the Bible, the people of God lost a battle because they would not adhere to the instructions of God in their life. God also said to me that it is important, Daryl, to point out uh, to those that are under the sound of your voice that God will always defend those who are obedient and faithful to his will. I, I, I want to let you know something. God will defend those who trust him. 
who are obedient and faithful to his will. Uh, the psalmist declared that God is a very present help in our times of trouble. Don't fool me now, but is there anyone in here that has a testimony that God will defend you? Yeah. One of the reasons why people say to me all the time, I don't know about you, maybe you, you are too soft. You don't stand up for yourself enough. No, get it straight. I'm not timid, I'm not soft. I'm just confident that God's got my back. And when you know God is defending you, you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to respond to all that garbage people say or do to you. You don't have to respond to all the negativity all around you. Why? Because God's got your back. Is there anybody in here know that when God defends you, you don't need anybody else. You tell your homeboys, you tell your dogs from the neighborhood, stand down. We ain't got to start nothing today. Why, God's got this. Woo! Anybody know that God's got this? I had somebody walk up to me and they meant well and they were so emotional and they said, Pastor, I almost got in a fight. Folk were just talking so bad about you in the church and I got all, I said, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. What do you want me to do, Pastor? I said, smile at him. Tell him you love him. Why? Because God got your back. How do you know? Because the Bible says, when my enemy and my foe came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Tell somebody God's got this. God will defend you. Whew. You don't have to do anything. The old folks say just hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. And I, I, I contend to you that it takes more fortitude. It takes more internal strength to say nothing. It takes more strength to stand still. Anybody can ball up their fist and throw a punch. That's just humanistic instincts. But it takes every bit of the Holy Ghost to hold back and say, God, you've got this. And smile at your enemy and say, you don't know who you are messing with. Because the Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Tell somebody God's got this. Encourage somebody to say, God's got your back. God's got your back. Ooh, I feel like preaching to somebody. Any, anybody has ever had to stand still and watch God defeat your enemies for you? Uh, God's got your back. Listen. As we transition to this incredible, anointed, inspiring text God has given us for today's message, let us examine what is considered to have been the first supernatural victory on the battlefield recorded in Holy Scripture. In fact, it has been suggested by even secular scholars that perhaps this is the first written account of any warfare in ancient literature, be it biblical or secular, found in Genesis chapter 14. In this wonderful chapter, 
It is a detailed description of an actual battle between opposing kings and nature and nations. Let me set it up for you uh, just briefly. We will uh, deal in greater detail on Tuesday night. There was, a, there was a wicked king that's known as Kedala Malir, who was uh, really the king of Persia, the modern-day Persia. He teamed up with three uh, other kings, one the king of Babylon, and this wicked king for the past 13 years have held five nations and five kings in bondage. Well, the Bible says, you go back and read it in chapter 14, that these kings rebelled. These kings who had been under uh, this oppressive regime decided we are not taking it anymore. And so they went to war <laughs> with this powerful king of Persia along with the king of Babylon and two other kings. Now, for the purpose of this text, perhaps the question has been asked. In fact, I remember hearing this question as I was a student uh, sitting in an Old Testament survey class. Why is this important in the Bible? It is important not just because God wanted to record a conflict between, because these were secular kings. Uh, it is important because God wanted to highlight the courage and the faith of one man by the name of Abram. This was before he was changed to Abraham and his incredible faith and how he leaned on God. If you look at the text, may I preach this just for a little while. Look at the text, the first 11 verses of the text. Uh, it records this description of an intense war between these nine different kings and their nations. Four kings versus five kings and their nations. The group of four kings were fighting against this group of five. We're told in verse 12 that prior to this, Abrams, who later is known as Abrahams, really had no dog in that fight. For he was kept somewhere uh, by Hebron. He was there in the plains just enjoying what God had given him. However, in verse 12, the dynamics of the warfare changed. And it changed simply because these evil kings had taken in captivity Abraham's nephew, Lot. The king of Babylon, along with the king of Syria, had taken Lot into captivity. Now, God did not, oh, I'm going somewhere. I feel this anointing. God did not do this just for Lot. Because in my reading, one of my favorite commentators or commentaries in its writing said this, Lot was the backsliding nephew of Abraham, but he was attached to Abraham. Ooh. Can I preach this? 
to every backsliding niece, nephew, grandchild. You better be glad you are attached to somebody with the anointing. For, for Lot had backslidden. You know the story of Lot. Read chapter 13 in the book of Genesis. Lot disrespected Abraham because when Abraham says, look over the plains, choose where you want to go and I'll choose the other, any God-fearing young man would have given his uncle the best land. But because of Lot's, unver Lot's selfishness, Elder Robert Wilson, Lot chose the green pastures, the green land. But what Lot did not know was that he was choosing Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything that looks green is not good. Everything that shines is not gold. Oh, can I preach to somebody? Uh, and so Lot because of his own selfishness, because of his own backsliding nature, drifted away from God and did not even think he needed his uncle Abram anymore. He chose Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot went to war at one of these forces and the Bible says there was an asphalt pit, a valley of an asphalt pit in which Lot and others fell in and Lot was carried into captivity. One of Lot's men escaped. May I tell you the story? Ran to Lot's uncle. Yeah, you still need your uncle, don't you? <laughs> Ran to Lot's uncle and said, Uncle Abraham, They've taken your nephew Lot into captivity. And if you don't do something, he and his whole family will die. The Bible says in verse 14 of the text that Abraham mobilized 318 men. Now check this out. 318 men will fight against four nations and four kings. Look at the story. Verse 14 says that all of these 318 men were people who were born into Abram's household. In other words, God will raise his own army. God will grow his own army. Some of you've got some soldiers sitting around your table. Some of you've got some soldiers in your family. Some of you got some soldiers that you've been good to that you don't know anything until your back is against the wall. And God said, I raised them up for this purpose. 318 men raised in the house of Abrams goes with him. And they go and they chase and they find and they fight and they destroy those who took his backsliding nephew captive. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, everything attaches to me wins. Lot ought to thank God. Look at verse 16 of the text. It tells us that Abram's recovered all the goods that had been taken. And look at this next clause in this verse. And he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and all the other captives. I 
I'm here to tell you that everything attached to Abraham won. Lot won because he was attached to Abraham. Those who were attached to Lot won because Lot was attached to somebody with the anointing. Somebody ought to declare in faith today that the anointing in my life will bless everybody that's attached Woo. to me. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Somebody ought to, you, you ought to take your phone when you go home and text somebody who's attached to you and say, you ought to thank God that you are attached to me. Because there's some folk that are in their bed sleeping right now. There's some folk with hangovers on Sunday morning right now. And the only reason the devil couldn't take them out last night was that they were attached to you. The only reason that they didn't lose everything they had is they are attached to you. Only reason they didn't wake up in Avenes Glen this morning is because they were attached to you. Only reason somebody didn't blow their brains out last night is because they are attached to you. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Y'all help me celebrate. In fact, you ought to praise God for protecting everything that is a God says I heal your daughter's body because she's attached to you God says I delivered your son because somebody ought to help me praise God somebody ought to join in with me and say, Lord, I thank you for protecting those that are attached to me from dangers seen and unseen. You owe God one good praise. church this morning at 8 if you don't have the anointing you ought to sit by somebody who look like they got the anointing if you don't have anything in fact there's some people on your job ought to thank you because the only reason that office is still open is because God's anointing is on your life Somebody tell them thank you. Somebody tell them thank you. Somebody say thank you. Somebody throw your head back and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for protecting my son. Thank you for protecting my daughter. Thank you for my grandchildren. Thank you for my nieces and nephews. Attaches to you when y'all excuse me. 
Y'all excuse me. Y'all excuse me. Because if the devil had his way, the devil would have wiped out you and your entire family. But God, but God, he kept me in perfect peace. Wave your hands at three people and say, you win. You win. You win. You win. You have the victory. Text somebody when you go home and say, you win. Mama, what you mean? That means you attached to me. just remember it <laughs> when the enemy tried to wipe my family out <laughs> and now look at God <laughs> mm. ah. verses 17 ah yeah 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 yes <laughs> thank you mother thank you for allowing me to be attached to you <laughs> and I thank God that my sons are attached to me and I thank God that their children are attached to them. <laughs> Look at what God says. Verses 17 and 20. I need to share this with you. Because verses 17 through 20 
perhaps is one of the most significant and powerful passages, not just in the Old Testament, but in the Bible. Because something happened after the victory. <laughs> ah, we often talk about what God did to achieve the victory. But look what happened after the victory. And I need to read these verses. And then we will look at three statements today. Not insights, but three statements taken directly from the text. And then we will draw our insights based on the statements. After Abram returned from victory, Ooh. over Calamir and all of his allies the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shepha that is the king's valley and Melchizedek the king of Salem and a priest of God most high Ooh. In order to understand the significance of Melchizedek, you've got to read Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7 says he had no mother, he had no father. He was the most high priest of the living God. Abrams met a mysterious figure. Whew, a mystic figure named Melchizedek Ooh. and he met Melchizedek and Melchizedek brought Abram some bread and wine some scholars say this is the forerunner of the New Testament communion <laughs> Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing Ooh. so I had to slow this down because uh, I need you to hear this Here's what he said to Abram, and we will share three statements from this. He says, Bless be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and bless be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then... Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth, a tithe of all the goods he had recovered. Very briefly, as we reach the conclusion of this message, there are three statements that I want to lift up from this text. And I promise you that we'll go over them again on Tuesday night. But I just want you to see the text itself so that you'll know that this is not Pastor Jackson's opinion. This is not my commentary of a sacred text. These are the words lifted directly from the text. First statement says this. After Abram, and here is the key word, returned from victory. Look at somebody and say, you will return with the victory. 
Some of you have been knocked down. Some of you have been stepped on. Some of you went through some difficult struggles and battles in your life. But I'm hearing God says you will return woo, from victory. In other words, when you return, you will return with the victory. Tell your naysayers, they'll see you again. Tell your naysayers, it's not over until God says it's over. Anybody know that you're about to rebound with the victory? Somebody who's ready for the rebound. Anybody who's ready for God to bring you back up with the victory. Somebody ought to lift those hands and say, Lord, I receive the victory. Look at the text. The text says Abram with only 318 men defeated the armies of four nations. Woo! And he returned woo, from victory <laughs> because God was on his side. Anybody know, although you may have been knocked down, you're going to get up again. I need somebody with enough faith to declare even before you get up, I will rise again. I will rise again. Your finances will rise again. Your health will rise again. Your joy will return. Ooh. Text says he returned from victory. Second key statement lifted directly from this text are these words. Bless be God. Melchizedek, the great high priest of Salem. Melchizedek, that uh, Hebrews 7 and 2 tells us was a phenomenal vessel of the most high God. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Now here's what some scholar said to me as I was studying this weeks ago. You can only bless people that God has given you the anointing over. So Melchizedek must have had a higher source than what Abraham had because he was about to bless Abraham. And he blessed him with these words. The most high priest of God said, Bless be God most high. And here is our subject. Who has defeated your enemies for you. You don't have to do a thing. Woo! Look at somebody say, Don't you dare fight. Don't you dare say anything. You don't have to retaliate. Because God said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Anybody know he'll fight your battles? He'll fight your battles? One of the messages of the joy that I'm going to preach is that he's a battle axe in the time of battle. Anyone know that God will fight your battles? I need enough folk with enough faith to say, Lord, fight my battles. Somebody stand to your feet. Lift those hands in the air and say, Lord, fight for me. Come on, tell the Lord, fight, fight, fight. God will defeat your enemies. 
when your enemies try to destroy you, they will stumble. Woo! You don't have to say anything. You're not timid. You're not soft. You have confidence. Blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. Now here's the third and the final statement. Rest upon your feet. I don't want you to miss this one if you can. If you can't, you don't have to stand. We got some physical things. I understand. I understand. Ooh. And so a supernatural gift by God. A supernatural victory by God deserves a supernatural gift to God. Okay, somebody said, don't you miss this. Now y'all have shouted and clapped and thrown your head back. I need you to go in with me on this one. After Melchizedek bless Abrams, look what Abrams did for Melchizedek. Woo. And the Bible says, point number three, then Abram gave Melchizedek, who is the priest of the Most High God, a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. It baffles me how all of these blessed bougie people that God has opened so many doors. All of these folk that God brought from the deep woods. God gave you stuff. God bless you with stuff. God turned your situation around. Some of you were so broke, you couldn't pay attention. But God, now you're right up in here in your luxury vehicle. You got more outfits than what you know to do with it. Somebody told me just the other day, I've got a closet full of shoes. I don't even know what to do. Somebody told me literally they had 50 pair of Air Jordans. I think they said 50, something like that. I don't know. I said, what do they cost? Y'all know what they cost. And all I can say is, God has been good to you. The next question I wanted to ask them, Regina, have you been good to God? Here's what Abraham did. Abraham took a tenth. So anybody that tells you the tithe was established by Moses, that's a lie. Because Moses wasn't even born yet, Mac. <laughs> Abrams, the first superhero in the Bible, gave God a tenth 
everything God blessed him with. Here's what Leviticus chapter 27 says. It says, the tenth belongeth to the Lord. Here's what Malachi said, will you rob me? How have we robbed you? You've robbed me by holding on to the tenth that is mine. If God has defeated your enemies for you, here's the question. What are you doing for God? I would be embarrassed to be blessed and don't bless God. Can I tell you something? This is the truth. My wife can attest to this. And this hasn't just started. Pastor, yeah, you, you're rolling. You're a big baller. You can do that now. But when my wife and I had two small kids and I was in graduate school, my wife was working for the bank as a customer service representative. I was working part-time in a job I can have. We made a vow to the Lord. Mother Lumpkin, you blessed us because you and Deacon Lumpkin gave us our first piece of furniture. We didn't even own a telephone in our house. My uncle, one uncle gave me a Volkswagen with no air condition. My other uncle and aunt gave me a couch in my house. But my wife and I made a vow to the Lord that the first tenth of everything we own will go to God. God. So before we paid our light bill, I blessed God. Before we paid our mortgage, Sister Staley, we blessed God. When we had to make a choice, will it be a telephone or tithe, we blessed God. I had to sell my car to my cousin and I watched him drive off with my favorite car down my driveway and drove it back to Washington, D.C. I went in my house and fell on the floor and cried like a baby. I told God I don't have anything. So my car can't even feed my family, can hardly pay my light bill. But the next Sunday morning, I took my tenth and gave it to God. And God said, son, just watch this. God said, prove me that one day I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And now I can choose what car I want to drive. Don't you judge me until you hear my story. Uh, because you bless God, God will bless you. Because God defeated your enemies, you ought to bless God. Somebody give God your best friend. The altar is now open. But I say this to you as you come. A supernatural victory by God deserves a supernatural blessing.
to God. Listen, we're not one of those churches that calls off the biggest donors. You would never know in this church who gives what. We don't publish your names. We don't pat you on the back. Because every, every bit, every little bit, every single offering matters. But I want you in your own mind to say, because he has defeated my enemies for me. Ooh, listen, last point. I promise you, God. Nobody made Abraham give Melchizedek a tenth. Nowhere in the Bible, Deacon Moore, where it says God made Abraham do this. Abraham did it because he was blessed by God. Any blessed folk in here? Somebody just lift your hands. You have never been defeated. I shall rise. I shall be. I shall go in victory. This is the altar call, son. And because God is the greatest power, we shall never, never be defeated. The devil is a liar. God is exalted. Never be defeated. Ooh. Come right now as Regina and the team blesses us. Ooh, I, I, God has defeated your enemies for you. Ooh, I, I, yeah. I shall rise. I shall rise. I shall be. I shall be. I shall go. In victory. Victory. Uh, a weapon formed against me will ever overtake me. And because God Ooh. is the greatest power, uh, we shall never, never be defeated. Never be Beat 
Is that yeah. anybody's testimony? Never be defeated. Never. Never be defeated. The devil is a liar. those eyes verse 20 of our text says and blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you Ooh, look at that then Abram knowing that God had defeated his enemies for him gave Melchizedek, the high priest of God, a tenth of all his goods. Ooh. What is needed in order for God to defeat your enemies for you is that you need a relationship with God. Ooh. God didn't do it for Lot. God did it because of Abraham. Lot was rescued because he was attached to somebody who had the anointing in his life. Note, if you will, Melchizedek did not say this to Lot. He said it to Abram. Whew, that God has defeated your enemies. They really weren't Abraham's enemies. They were the enemies of Lot. But because Lot was attached to Abraham, God defeated them for him. Close those eyes. This morning, this afternoon, if you don't have that relationship with God, not a Lot kind of relationship, but an Abram's kind of relationship. If you don't have that relationship with God, this is a great time, this is a great opportunity to make God your choice. After this prayer, if, you, if you're looking to attach to something greater than yourself, this is a great opportunity, a great time to say to God, here I am, Lord. I need you to defeat my enemies for me and then watch God do just that let us pray eternal father we thank you we bless you we thank you for this You've been listening to the worship services at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. Our worship services are open to all at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, just off I-77 between Shop and Bluff Roads. We will continue to air our services live here on the radio. We're also streaming live on our website at bwcar.org, on Facebook at Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, and now on YouTube. 
Our streaming services are available live on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you miss any of our services and want to watch them again, you can get them on demand on any of our social media channels. We invite you to stay in spiritual fellowship with us. To place your order for CD or DVD of today's sermon entitled, He Has Defeated Your Enemies for You, please call us at 803-776-1238. Reference sermon number 012124. Again, the number is 803-776-1238. Sermon number 012124. February is Couples Month at Bible Way. Join us as we celebrate black victorious love throughout the month by celebrating black married couples each Sunday during service and for several events. Our first event will be a couples prayer board party. Saturday, February 3rd, 11 a.m. at the Senior Center, 2628 Atlas Road, Columbia. The couples ministry will also host a Valentine's brunch. Saturday, February 10th, 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. at the C.R. Neal Dream Center, 2441 Atlas Road, Columbia. Attire for the event is dressy casual. The cost to attend is $30 per couple. Brunch includes a catered meal and live musical entertainment. To join us for this fun-filled event, please register online at bwcar.org no later than Wednesday, February 7th. For a complete list of couples ministry events and to register, go to our website at bwcar.org. We praise God for the testimonies of those who have received Christ and now have a deeper relationship with God as a result of this ministry. To sow your financial seed into this ministry, you can give online by clicking the link on our website at bwcar.org. Or you can give right now from your mobile phone by texting BWCAR, your giving amount, to the number 73256. That's BWCAR and your giving amount to the number 73256. You can also mail your gift to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please don't mail cash. Financial donations are also being accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 noon until 6 p.m. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. At Bible Way, our mission is to know God, to love, and to serve.